Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. Guys, this is Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. Now, guys, this is uh, a marathon recording session. So if you feel us flagging a little bit. I start, uh, mouths start to stutter. Oh, Our wow. vision blur. It's because we had a lot of curry. Wow. And an hour deep into recording. So we're, we're, we're pulling back the curtain. We're allowing people to see how the sausage is made, huh? Yes, yes, wow. yes. Yeah. So it's a very sexy sausage. If you pull back the curtain to my house, you would immediately see sausage, because I almost never <laughs> wear clothes. There was that one time I came over and yeah. you had been sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Just dick out. <laughs> Did you see my dick? No, no. Oh, that's but from the other room, you called out to me. You're like, what? Hold on. Don't come in. I'm, I'm not wearing boxers. I'm not wearing boxers. <laughs> Don't <look at> it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's good all right so this well, is what's embarrassing is that my doesn't just smell like curry worse it looks like it oh you know like there's don't, like don't bring the smell into it okay are you kidding me you gotta keep the smell out of it okay because like i can handle it's thinking like a about, little wet i can handle thinking about the shape of your <laughs> but i don't want to talk about the smell of your that's unacceptable <laughs> okay guys so so we've done a couple parts on influenza now yes right we've talked about uh, current influenza strains that are killing all the birds and yep. probably going to get us too. Them birds is dead. We've talked about the history of influenza a little bit and yep. why they love birds and pigs yep. as well as humans so much. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but now we got to, remember, we're a science podcast. All that stuff was yeah. hearsay. Oh. Okay, now we're on to science. Hard, hard chemical truths. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the symptoms of influenza. I know you think you know. Yeah. But we're going to get into some details. And then we're going to talk about differential diagnosis, which is a phrase I learned from House MD. Mm. And then we're going to talk about some of the current treatments for influenza. You can get treated. There are drugs that you can take. Okay? You don't just have to suffer alone in silence. That's beautiful. Let's do it. All right, so, Sean, you do have, like, a very long section on flu symptoms. Yeah. I mean, do it. People, people <laughs> got to know, Nathan, yeah, yeah. okay? Uh, so, I do, I do understand. I think people have a solid grasp on what the flu is. Well, here, just list the normal ones out real quick. Fever, cough, sore throat, runny slash stuffy nose, muscle slash body aches, headaches, fatigue, and in kids, sometimes vomiting or diarrhea, Okay. Uh, but those are really specifically for right. kids. When people say stomach flu, that's not this at all. A stomach right. flu is just a different disease. Right. So People just lazy. It is annoying that someone attached flu onto that, but it is not caused by influenza. Okay, so the viruses that cause influenza do not cause stomach problems in adults. That's a generic term for viral gastroenteritis, and it's typically caused by like a norovirus or a rotavirus. Some, some both other more species. intimidating sounding than flu. 
Yeah, or like influenza. It sounds kind of, you know, like there's, there's a dance associated with it. It's like Spanish influenza. That's probably part of what it was. It's probably part of our like fear of reefer. Yeah, yeah. it's that reefer madness. Okay. So we're not talking about stomach flu shit here. Okay, we're doing influenza and in adults, no stomach issues. Um, pretty much everyone has had the flu at one point or another. So I think everyone right. understandably thinks, and it, it is true, there's a low risk of hospitalization of death. That's what Ron DeSantis always would say, right? He's like, no one's dying from anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's dying No from one's ever died. Except Disney's killing yeah, us at, all. At Disney World, Woke. some people died. Woke um, pretzel. So, Woke turkey leg. There is about a half a percent chance of hospitalization from the flu among right. the total adult population. All right. Okay. Uh, once you're hospitalized... There is a 1 to 3% chance of death from something like H1N1 pandemic flu. Okay. okay. Which is like kind of more dangerous than usual. Yeah. So that's why it's a little bit higher. Right. But so basically a percent of what was already half a percent yeah. means that the, like this is not a likely situation. 19 deaths out of 100,000 cases. Yes. This is why we don't worry about it at all. We don't take the I, vaccine. I would, I would, don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not I saying you shouldn't take the vaccine. I'm just saying this is why no one can. I, I assume that since the first time that we recorded the first episode, you have still not gotten vaccinated. Is that correct? <laughs> Dude, since we recorded our first episode, <laughs> I haven't gotten a vaccine. God, you are a son of a bitch. How are you doing this? We did like a whole series on just vaccines. <laughs> I'm not anti-vax. I got the COVID vaccine and like one of the boosters <laughs> just get, and i got covid just which get is like the, a booster just get the flu vaccine it's what not you on purpose it's just like you gotta like go and then there's like three people oh my god in front of you you can like eat cheetos while you're waiting you can eat hot chip they get on your fingers it's disgusting okay 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 that is true but that's something i like about them. i saw I actually somebody wrote that into a script the cheeto residue yeah yeah it's uh I don't want to spoil it for the audience. Oh, okay, okay. Some but people eat Cheetos with chopsticks to really? avoid that. But I think that they're too bourgeois. I feel like you do, you, you avoid getting your fingers dirty, but you kind of become a target for like an anti-Asian hate. That's true. Like someone's going to see you and be like, go back to your That's country and like hit you with a brick. Stop Asian hate. Yeah. Okay. We said it here first. Or yeah. I, I said it. Nathan didn't say it. Yeah, there, you, 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 <laughs> have you noticed that on the four or five, there's ads for like, <laughs> there's ads for like, stop Jew, Jewish hate, right? And it's like, <laughs> you did say stop Jews first. <laughs> I know you covered for it. It's like, it's like two signs in a row. <laughs> the first one, the first one says, <laughs> stop Jews. <laughs> No, but there's like an ad on the 405 that's like, our synagogues need armed uh, guards to your church. Uh, um, yeah. You know, stop Jewish hate. Yeah. We should do one for like Asians. That's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like our sushi <laughs> boy <laughs> needs <laughs> armed guards. <laughs> our H Mart needs ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, just we're we're both half Asian. So It'd be really funny if you put it next okay. to the Jewish hate one, and so it feels like a very, very poor taste joke on the Jewish hate well, one. Our uh, Asian ninjas. Well, you 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 heard the joke here first, ladies and gentlemen. 
Dude, you know, I don't think it's that expensive to get a billboard these days. That's probably true. <laughs> Let's get a billboard, and then we'll have Petri dish at the bottom, so it's like an ad oh, for our podcast. Oh, it hurts. Okay. <laughs> um, this is like right next to the church. Okay, so, so 19, oh my God. 19 deaths out of 100,000 wow. infections. Those numbers can look very different for children and for people aged above 65 years old. Okay, right. So th- there are groups that are at greater risk. Right. And while again... We are sick of thinking about it, though, right? 19, don't, don't, we, just, don't, we, don't we just not care about greater risk groups anymore? <laughs> Doesn't seem like we care like, about Like, aren't guns the main way children die now in America? Yeah, I feel like I've heard that stat. yeah. But I haven't seen the documents. Uh, in a given year, <laughs> deep fake. In in a given year in the U.S., there's something like 25 to 50 million cases of the flu. Yeah, half a million hospitalizations and 20 to 50 thousand deaths from the flu. Bet you didn't think that. So yeah, that's that's, that's kind of like an actual number of people that have died from yeah. the flu every year. Yeah. In, in the United States of America, that's right? like children killed from gun violence. <laughs> I'm glad we can laugh That's about like it. That's like around 36 million. <laughs> it's, or it's, it's good we can no, laugh. No, it's not 36 million. What are they saying? 36,000. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now, now that we've had a good laugh about, <laughs> <laughs> about gun violence in America. And pestilence. Yes. Let's, let's take a little break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about differential diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> which is basically, how can we tell if you have the flu as opposed to COVID-19? Right. Or a cold or right. something else, right? So... Take that break. Coronavirus and Bud Light seem a whole world apart. But to these guys, they both mean something terrible. COVID-19 means ration care, dying loved ones, and quarantine. And Bud Light means beer, tasteless and shitty, the last thing in the back of your fridge to give you cold solace. Whenever you're trapped by seasonal flu, you better poison yourself with our brew. America's choice for a quarantined beer. All right, I'm schwitzing like, <laughs> I'm schwitzing like swine in here, man. It's funny, I was actually talking to a couple the other day, and I said something. I was like, ah, something that schmuck, schmucking me around. And he was like, are you from New York? And I was like, no. He's like, you sound like a New Yorker. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just a little, you know, sh-. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Talking about the schmear. Uh, and then he was like, you know, I was in the Air Force. I was like, that's cool. And he's like, you know, they invented a bum to make people dumb. <laughs> and now we're just surrounded by these dumb, fucking, dumb zombie men. <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude, you guys oh, are nice. Oh, my God, that is Shit. funny. I'm like, here's your bill. <laughs> There's yeah. a tip line right here. That's good. Oh, boy. Okay. <clears throat> Differential diagnosis. They do this on house. So. That's true. Broadly. They do it on house for 55 minutes. And it's, it was always so annoying how, like, the doctors were, like, forced to act like they were right this time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, the actors must also be tired of this. Mm-hmm, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they were always so indignant and self-righteous. Like, Omar Epps' character was always so up his own ass. Yeah. And and it just, you felt bad because it was like. He's he's such a like not a scapegoat like I can't remember like a straw man he's such a straw man and it's total bullshit. Mm-hmm. The only guy that didn't happen to too much was like the pretty boy Australian just because he was like written as a dipshit. Yeah. So like, he never had a good opinion anyway. Yeah, but he was pretty. Yeah. Uh, and he was a slut. <laughs> yeah, he was. All I right. Remember that. So, <laughs> hey, look, people have experienced the flu symptoms before, and and he, had, and he had daddy issues. He did, and then his dad died. 
Hashtag spoilers. <laughs> um, probably people can note that the symptoms that they experience from the flu don't seem that specific to influenza. And that is entirely fair. Influenza can be easily confused with seasonal allergies, the common cold, or COVID-19. Right. Okay. Distinguishing between them can be pretty tough, but there are some rough trends. So seasonal allergies don't typically cause a fever, whereas influenza can. They often do cause dry and itchy eyes, Ooh. which are not a symptom of influenza. Right. Uh, coughing is also somewhat uncommon for seasonal allergies, but you can get a cough with influenza. Yeah. So those are kind of like the main ways to tell, like, and, okay, and this can't is Can't you just tell if you, like, isn't like a common test is like you cut a little bit of your arm open and you just like put flour in there and like dust mites and like... You'll tell if your allergies or not, right? Because it'll like scab over. It'll get mad at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it'll I be redder than if you just normally cut it. People don't know. This is a common Nathan solution to most problems <laughs> is to cut himself open and shove things in there. Ah! <laughs> um, okay, so... So that's for seasonal allergies. Between the cold and flu, the cold is typically milder. Like, you don't have quite as intense... A fever, for example. Right. And usually you don't get, like, body chills and big-time muscle aches unless you have the flu. Like, right. usually those are, like, flu symptoms. Like, I had a cold recently, and because of that, I was congested, had a cough. I didn't have a fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then if you do get a fever with a cold, usually it resolves in, like, a day right. or so. Whereas a flu fever can last, like, three or four days, okay? Distinguishing between COVID-19 and the flu is... Also pretty difficult because both of them have pretty rough symptoms, right. right? And both of them can have a fever and stuff like that. Right. But one of them is purely psychosomatic, right? <laughs> Since it's a which, which one? <laughs> which one? Now. Um, so things like losing your sense of taste. A is long part was just deleted by the government. <laughs> <laughs> we have been censored. <laughs> we have been censored. Wow. So, uh. Doctor. Eliminate, exterminate. <laughs> I see, I see. Doctor. A Dalek. Okay. <laughs> um, You're humoring me all day. Losing your sense of taste is pretty COVID-19 specific. Right. Although, uh, if you have a really stuffy nose from the flu, that can sometimes make it harder to taste and smell things. Right. Um, so, you know, there, there's a little bit of that in there. Uh, there's a lot of symptom overlap between the two diseases, and they often vary by age group. That's weird. So, for example, a fever and a sore throat in a 20 to 29-year-old is more likely to be the flu. But in a 50 to 59-year-old, it's more likely to indicate COVID. Why? Yeah, so so the different diseases impact those age groups differently. Like a 20 to 29-year-old usually has milder symptoms from the flu than a 50 to 59-year-old uh, does. But COVID-19 can impact them also a little variably. So like well, how much they change based off of age group. Well, why wouldn't a 50-year-old have a fever? Oh, no. So it's just... Uh, I like see. A 20-year-old is not likely to get a fever from COVID. Yes, it's more likely to be indicative of a flu. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this is why we need to swab up stuff. And you yeah. need to find out what you have. Yeah, so right. the difficulty in distinguishing between the two is actually pretty troublesome. Because you're right, you can test for it. Like, if you go into a hospital or something, they can test for whether it's a COVID or a flu. But who wants to do that? And also, while you're waiting, like, let, let's say you are sick enough that you need to go to the hospital. Yeah. While they're waiting to admit you, they might be like, okay... Either this dude has the flu or they have uh, COVID. We probably want to put them into a room with either flu patients or COVID patients. That's interesting. But we want to get it right. Because right. if we take this person with COVID and put them into a room with a bunch of people with the flu, yeah. they might all get COVID. Yeah. And, and then we'd versa. have to reassort. And that would be really annoying. <laughs> that that hurts when we it's people. take all our people and reassort <laughs> them into the right group. You have to swap the parts. Yeah. 
So, yeah. In the 2021-2022 flu season, out of all of the kids that were hospitalized with the flu, 6% of them also had the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Mm. And being infected with both of those viruses increased the odds that the kid needed serious medical treatment by like two to three times uh, more likely. Yeah. Okay? So there's actually... So look, there is an FDA-approved at-home test for COVID-19 and influenza A slash B. Okay, as in it's like one of those little nasal swab things. Yeah. And you put it into the test thing, and then it says like, oh, this is COVID or this is influenza. It's uh, sold by a company called Lucera. It was approved at the end of February this year. Mm. Incidentally, Lucera also filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in February of this year. So I don't think you can actually buy this test. Because <laughs> I think the company literally declared bankruptcy like three days after the FDA approved their test. Because I think it took too long to approve it. And they ran out of money. That's depressing. So, if it's Chapter 11, so that doesn't really mean that they're folding up the company. Right. It means they're Donald trying Trump to get, still became president. They're trying to get bought by a different company. So maybe if some other company buys this company, then we will have these tests, and these tests could be pretty useful because you can tell, like, okay, this is the flu or this is COVID-19. Is the reason this company got no more money because the company was bad in some way, or because actually there's no money in an influenza test? I think it was simply they had a set amount of money to do what they needed to do. And then they were waiting for the FDA to finish approving their kit. Yeah, It took longer than the company was expecting. The FDA put out a thing being like, it took the totally normal amount of time for us to approve this. Right, like, don't right. get mad at us. We do not hate this company. <laughs> but uh, the company was like, oh, it took too long. And then we ran out of money. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. All right, let's take a break. Yep. Because then we got to talk about treatments. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about 3D, 4D treatments. Adamantium. Yeah. The following is an actual advertisement. Tired of the same old podcasts every week? When you're ready for something different, come give us a shot. Greetings. We're Technically a Conversation, a podcast for curious people by curious people. Every week, we take turns sharing a new topic, and the other host has no idea what the topic will be. Our topics are all over the place, from light and funny to dark and sometimes spooky. We've covered everything from true crime, historical events and people, pop culture icons, the supernatural and occult. I like that. And legends and folklore. My favorite. We're like the Dollar Tree stuff you should know. Except completely different. No matter what the topic is, we try to make the episodes funny. Yeah, you may not want to advertise that. Our jokes aren't very good. What are you talking about? My jokes are fantastic. <laughs> hey, I get paid to laugh either way. Wait, you get paid? Check us out at technicallyaconversation.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to the 11 and a half people that listen to us on Google Podcasts. Wait, you said you were getting paid? Guys, we're back. Oh my God. Now, we're going to talk about treatments. This is kind of funny because in my head, there's no treatment for the flu. Yeah. Turns out I'm wrong. So, so I had a similar kind of misconception, honestly. Like, because most of the time people don't really get treated for the flu all the time. Yeah, much, you just kind of right? have it and are miserable. Yeah, you just deal with it, right? So, there are three main classes of antivirals that are used to treat influenza that are impro uh, approved in the US, okay? Uh, Adamantanes are the first class. Adamantines are these kind of cool small molecules that are like a fusion between three carbon rings into this like kind of neat 3D structure. All right. I'll suggest people Google it. Do these naturally occur at all? Yeah, you can find them naturally. Yes. Oh, yes, in indeed. what? Oil. Ah, all right. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Oil is a very useful source of hydrocarbons. Sure, you're right. <laughs> so adamant and, and adamantine is a hydrocarbon. Hey, so why is oil like from a tree called the same thing as like oil from the dirt? 
What's up with that? Because they're like quite different, actually, right? Or are they not actually that different? Uh, they're fairly different. They're pretty different, right? Yeah. You think it's just because, like, when we got some oil from the dirt, we're like, ah, it's oily, like yeah. oil. It could be, yeah. That I mean, was lazy of us. We're, we're talking linguistically, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of lazy things happen linguistically. That's what I've learned. That's people, true. People are kind of lazy about it. Um, so uh, adamantane is the name of, like, the simplest molecule of this whole class of molecules, okay? And out of this whole class of molecules, there's a couple of derivatives that take this simple structure and they tack on a few other... Uh, a few other atoms here and there, and then that creates treatments for the flu. Okay, one of the, how the hell does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so one of the treatments, uh, amantadine, is actually also a Parkinson's treatment, uh, and it's what is known as an M2 ion channel blocker. Okay, okay. And so these drugs basically because those are vestigial in humans. You don't need your ion channels. <laughs> no, you definitely do. Oh, okay, okay. You would become very sad if you didn't have the ion channels. You'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. You'd probably poop yourself to death. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, uh, drug, uh, drugs block something called M2, which is a viral protein that acts as a pH balancer between the outside of the virus and the inside of the virus. Okay. Okay. So, so it's actually a viral protein, and this is important for the virus to work because the virus needs to be able to, at some point, release its genetic information into the cytoplasm of the cell. Smart. Okay. How do we come up with this? How, how did we come up with how the virus works? No, well, I guess I... Oh, like, oh, why don't we have oh, someone yeah. from the CIA on? We'll ask them that. But like, how we figure out the... How do we figure out to put a pump in them a dank times? In yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, there's basically... There's two main ways that drug discovery works in this kind of sense. And one of them is called rational design, which is we learn a lot about the virus, right? right. We're like, okay, the virus needs this protein and that protein, and this step is important. So if we block this yeah. step, then like we can stop the virus and all that stuff. This is this is from exploration. This is like a German guy walked through and the Yamamoto tribe was like, ah, this tree sap helps with flu. The adamantine tree. I'm talking about like dirt oil, not, not tree oil. <laughs> um, but the other kind of drug discovery is much more like what you're talking about. Yeah. Which is you will take a bunch of small molecules and you will chuck them on cells and then try to infect those cells with virus. Right. And whichever cells are living at the end, you're like, oh, which chemical did I put into that one? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. This chemical seems to stop the virus from getting in. Let's see if we can learn why. Right. And, and that's then, what happened here. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So, once the virus enters into the cell, it enters into a part of the cell called the endolysosome, which is kind of like what's eventually the stomach of the cell. Right. But the virus needs to kind of break out of that and release its RNA into the cytoplasm. And so, the virus has this ion channel. It becomes more and more acidic as this little cell stomach becomes more and more acidic. And eventually, at a certain acidity, the viral structure sort of flips out and essentially fuses into the lysosome, and that fusion releases the RNA into the cytoplasm. Brilliant. So let's just get a bunch of this stuff, right? Yeah. GG, so, so, flus. Amantadine uh, is old and cheap, which is great. And if you take it within 48 hours of getting sick, it can shorten your flu by a couple of days and maybe make it less likely to have riskier, dangerous symptoms. But... Influenza B viruses have a pretty different set of ion channels, so this drug only works on influenza A. Mm. And, second of all, many influenza A viruses are now resistant to edamantanes. Mm. Um, and circulating influenza 
sort of seasonal influenzas are so resistant to this class of drug that the CDC no longer recommends its use in the U.S. because they're like, more likely than not, this will not do anything for you. Damn. All right. That's pretty cool that they evolved to deal with like, I guess like all medicines are fundamentally compounds and molecules. Mm -hmm. So that's silly. But like, I don't know. It's weird. The picture that you have in the notes that maybe the audience members will look up is like a funny looking sheet thing. Yeah. It's weird to think that you can be resistant to that. Yeah. So becoming resistant to triangle, you know, like it's weird. Yes. But like, of course, that is actually the proteins. Right? Proteins are shapes, right? Like proteins fold and unfold into shapes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also like, uh, you know, way, way early on in life on Earth, some species. We were all circles. Some, <laughs> some species of microbes evolved to become resistant to an emerging poison, oxygen. Right. Right. Oxygen was highly destructive and poisonous to most life on Earth when it first got created on Earth. That's so interesting. Uh, and so there were there were species that had to evolve resistance to oxygen uh, in order to survive. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So they can do it. Damn, dude. They can do it. Damn. Wow. Um, so you hear stuff like that and you realize why Signs is not a bad movie. It's totally plausible. No, that you I were hate just it. Like, I hate it. Just like how life, like, what life is so silly. Being poisoned. <laughs> being, being, it's true, but these, these aliens were smart enough to like build spaceships. Yeah. They can't be that silly. That's like too silly. They went to the prairie. <laughs> they didn't know that there was a They can't there. be M. Night Shyamalan levels of silly. <laughs> they need to be smarter than that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, it turns out real basic things can be poisoned. <laughs> okay. So the other class of drugs that are approved in the U.S. are neuraminidase inhibitors. Okay. So if you remember the letters H1N1, the N in there is named after uh, neuraminidase. And okay. The say drugs, it one more time. Neuraminidase. Neuraminidase. Yeah. All right. And drugs that inhibit that N are the biggest class of antivirals that we currently use against the flu. And up until 2018, they were the only other ones besides the adamantanes, and they work for influenza A and B, okay? And the three that the CDC currently recommends for use are oseltamivir, xanamivir, and paramivir, which are Tamiflu, Relenza and Rapivab. Right. You know, Tamiflu, I feel like we've all actually heard of Tamiflu. Yeah, that's that word's out there. Yeah. Okay. And Wait, so what's Theraflu? Uh, that's just some total bullshit? It's like a thing you can drink to make you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, the Theraflu has drugs in it. It's just drugs that make the symptoms feel not as bad. Right. These three things are antiviral drugs that actually make it so that the virus is less capable of being produced in your body. Tamiflu sounds like a Parks and Recreation joke about Ron Swanson's wife. Yeah. Like, nice. Nailed her. Boom. Nailed her. Not like he did. No, because he did it. He did it wild. Oof. Couple oh episodes. He rubbed his mustache off <laughs> from friction. Um, Tamiflu is an oral drug. Relenza is an inhaled drug. And Rapivab is an IV drug. But all of them are the same class of molecules. Uh, and so these inhibitors hit that N. And just as a reminder, the uh, neuraminidase is important for newly made flu viruses to detach from the flu factory cell that they've already infected so that they can go infect other cells, right? And so if you stop that enzyme from being able to work, basically the cell that's making all of this flu inside your body um, can't release the flu viruses. And so they don't really go anywhere and you don't really get as infected, so that's like a pretty effective way of stopping it from you getting sicker. And influenza has developed some resistance to these drugs as well. 
Although it doesn't seem to stick around in the wild as well as the resistance to uh, adamantanes has. Yeah, so it's probably because the neuramidase is like, it's important enough and its function is like kind of specific to its shape. And so like there's just not as much evolution that can happen on it that won't also make it shittier at its job. Mm. Like, you know, you can evolve it some so that the drug doesn't work on it as well. But at the same time, you make it shittier so it doesn't do its job as well. Mm. Right. And so it's kind of self-defeating. So some flu strains are resistant to neuramidase inhibitors, but actually they kind of typically don't develop resistance to all three of them at once. Right. There's like three different drugs you can take. Um, in 2008, almost all of the H1N1 isolates that they found, almost all of the strains that they got out of people, were resistant to Tamiflu, whereas in 2009, less than 2% were resistant. So a lot of them lost that resistance. And even though almost all of them were resistant to Tamiflu, pretty much none of them were resistant to Relenza, one of the other ones in the same exact class of molecules. Kind of makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, if if influenza can change so much, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, that there wouldn't be like a a single rock solid therapy for it. Yes, I, I think that's true. But also I, I do think that this is something that's kind of specific to the target neuraminidase, which is to say that the cost, the evolutionary cost to the virus mm. to keep the resistance to Tamiflu is like a little too high. Oh. So while it's getting treated with Tamiflu, there's this selective pressure to have resistant strains. But then if Tamiflu, if it stops getting treated with Tamiflu, if you switch to a different drug or it cycles and it's back in birds or something and the birds aren't getting treated with Tamiflu. Right. They basically give up that adaptation because they're like, oh, this was so expensive to keep around, but we don't need it anymore. So we're just going to drop it. So this is kind of like quietly one of the good reasons for only some people to get vaccinated. Is that (laughs) why vaccines vaccines are different? Don't do this. You are sick. That is terrible. (laughs) You just just destroyed the world. We're over now. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So the last, so, so when I was talking about uh, this last class of uh, drugs, the, the Tamiflu class, I mentioned that in 2018, there was a new class of drugs that was approved that entered into the scene. These are cap-dependent endonuclease inhibitors. Mm. Um, Baloxavir Marboxil, a.k.a. Zofluza, is the most recently approved influenza drug in the U.S. And Zofluza targets a protein called PA, the polymerase acidic component, or the cap-snatching endonuclease. All right. And basically, what the cap-snatching endonuclease does... The virus has some proteins that are meant to replicate the viral RNA so that more virus can get made. Okay, this is part of their life cycle. That's how it makes more of its RNA. Right. But these proteins actually cannot make viral RNA completely from scratch. Right. Like, they can't just take the building blocks of RNA and start to assemble a new strand of RNA. They actually need a little bit of RNA called the template. They need, like, a little bit of a starting point to begin with. The template? Yeah. That's cool, with like a capital T, the template. Yeah, and so where do they get this template? That sounds like some Halo shit. Yes, and it's kind of fun. They get this template from our own cell's mRNA. Fuck. They will basically take a piece of mRNA, rip off the head from the mRNA, and use that as the template to build its own virus RNA. Dude, some movie is happening right now in my brain right now. And so that process process is called cap snatching, because it basically ripped the cap off 
the like the head off of our mRNA. Wow. And then started building its own RNA off of that. That's cool. And shit. so this cap snatching is an important part of the virus life cycle to be able to make more of its own RNA. And by stopping this cap snatching, that's how Zofluza interrupts the ability of the virus to make more of itself. Okay. I can hear you talking faster because you're like, this episode's almost over. We, go, we get it so close. We gotta get out of here. Before, before this fucking gecko launches again. <laughs> um, Zofluza can be given as a single dose within the first 48 hours of being sick. And it leads to a 20 to 25% reduction in the amount of time that you're sick. Okay, so it, it cuts it off by like a quarter, right? Um, it can also be used as a post-exposure prophylaxis. If you have like a family member that's sick and like you're going to be in the house and you got to take care of them or some shit like that, then you can get this treatment first and then be in the house helping them out. And it reduces the odds that you catch it from like a 14% chance to like a 2% chance. Oh, I misread that sentence. I thought it reduces your chance of getting it. By 14 to 2%. Nah. And I was like, stupid product. It, it goes from 14% to 2%, okay. which is pretty low. Yeah. And so that means that you can you can help you can help out your wife yeah. for once. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Nathan's a very good father. Yeah. And a very good husband. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, look, that's the end of this episode. Next time we're gonna have our final episode on influenza. Okay. We're gonna talk about the history of modern influenza pandemics, oh. like the Spanish flu, but then a lot of other ones, like the Russian flu, because the, the Ruskies did it also. Wow, okay? all right. But after we talk about that a little bit, we will finally end on vaccines and mutations in the flu that necessitates more updates to the vaccines. Mm. Like, basically, why do we need to keep getting the vaccine for the flu? Right. right. Why isn't this like a one-and-done vaccine? Yeah, What's going on? because 5G particles slowly degrade. You gotta so get you your booster. Get, you need to keep getting a booster. You need to get your booster. You like your fucking phone? You need that get signal. Get the shot. Okay. It comes in crystal clear to my phone. Yeah. Okay. When I watch the basketball games. <laughs> okay. It's the Lakers versus the 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 Jabronis, the Golden State Warriors. There was this very pleasant, hip, elderly woman, MD, going to a yoga retreat in Panama, who like looked up at me. It was an empty bar. Otherwise, she looks up at me. She's like, "Lakers beat the Grizzlies." And I was just like, and I could tell on some really basic level, I'm in L.A., I'm much younger than her, I should know. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck, Grizzly, what? You know, I was like, what are you talking about? You could No context clues out of that? You couldn't <laughs> tell that it was another basketball team? Well, I put it together. You couldn't have been like, go Lakers. I was like, oh. Or like, LeBron James. Well, I was like, I was like, Adam McKay did a TV show about that. <laughs> so close. Well, I mean, it is L.A., though, so it's show business. Yeah. Okay. Next time, just say LeBron James. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Warriors, those are the Steph Curry guys, right? Yeah, good job. Yeah, yeah. So Steph right Curry's now, handsome, so I know who he is. Right now, it's it's Curry versus James. Yeah. James is swimming in that curry. LeBron James. <laughs> just imagine LeBron James in backstrokes <laughs> in a giant pool of <laughs> uh, <laughs> That is what that is. <laughs> um, um, LeBron James is like old now, isn't he? Isn't he like 40? Like he's kind of old now, right? Yeah, yeah. Although he's, is he still like the best? He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's he showed some good hustle at last night's game. Anyway, we need to wrap this wait, up. Wait, so who's gonna win? I think the Lakers. Oh my god! I think the Lakers. The this will be coming out in the future, so people will already know who is won. Is Aki like, a Lakers fan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So All she right, doesn't support the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are trash. <laughs> what, a, what a trash team! All right. All right, everyone, look, we're saying thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. She's thank holding, you. she's holding a baby right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, and then we got Patreon.com/slash/PetriDish. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/PetriDish. <laughs> okay, it's simple enough that even a baby can donate to us. <laughs> yeah. That's what we learned. Um, and Google then Patreon. All right, nope, we already did that. 
PetriDishPod at gmail.com. Ah, PetriDish Twitter. What? No. Nope. It's We're dead. Out. It's out. dead. I we killed got it. red check marks. I moided Red it. wedding. All right, everyone. Listen. Have a good night. Good night. You don't get flu. Don't do it. Thank you.